Section 31 of A Young Girl's Diary by Anonymous. Translated by Cedar Paul and others. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by K. Hand. December 23rd through 31st, the last half year. December 23rd. I have still a frightful lot to do for Christmas, but I must write today. There was a ring at the front door this morning about half past eleven. I thought it must be Hella come to fetch me, that she must be all right again, so I rushed out, tore the door open, prepared to greet Hella, and then I was simply kerblunkst, for there was a gentleman standing who asked most politely, Is anyone at home? I knew him in a moment. It was that Dr. Pruckmiller from Feberburr. Meanwhile, Dora had opened the drawing-room door, and now came the great proof of deceitfulness. She was not in the least surprised, but said, Ah, Dr. Pruckmuller, I am so glad you have kept your word. So it was plain that he had promised her to come, and I am practically sure she knew he was coming today, for she was wearing her best black silk apron with the insertions, such as we only wear when visitors are expected. What a humbug she is! So I went into the drawing-room, too. Then Aunt Dora came in and asked him to supper this evening. Then he went away. All the time he had not said a word to me. It seemed as if he had not even noticed that there was such a person as me in the world. Not until he was actually leaving did he say, Well, Fraulein, how are you? Oh, well, I said, I'm much as anyone can expect to be so soon after Mother's death. Dora got as red as fire, for she understood. I shall know how to treat him, if he becomes my brother-in-law. But that may be a long way off, for he lives in Innsbruck, and Father is not likely to allow Dora to marry away to Innsbruck. At dinner I hardly said a word. I was so enraged at this deceitfulness. But there is more to come. At seven, or whatever time it was, Dr. Pruckmiller turned up. Dora appeared in a white blouse with a black bow, and had remained in her room till the last minute so that I might not know what she was wearing, for I had believed she would wear her black dress with the insertions, and so I was wearing mine. Oh, well, that did not matter. At supper he talked all the time to Dora, so I purposely talked to Oswald. Then he said that on March 1st he was going to be transferred to Vienna. Once more Dora was not in the least astonished, so she must have known all about it. But I remember quite well that in October the postman handed me a letter for her with the Innsbruck postmark. So she was corresponding with him openly the whole time, less than six months after Mother's death. It really is too bad. But when I was chattering about the country she kicked me under the table as a hint not to laugh so frightfully. And when my brother-in-law Inspee, oh how it does make me laugh, two or three years ago in Goyasern, I think it was, we used to call Dora Inspee, because she had said of Robert Varth and me, the bridal pair Inspee, and now she is in the same position. When he went away in the evening, I was trembling lest Father should invite him to the Christmas tree, but thank goodness when Father asked, What are you going to do with yourself tomorrow? He answered, Tomorrow I am spending the day with my sister's family. She is married to a captain out Vedenway. Thank goodness that came to nothing, for we are not at all in the mood for visitors, especially the first Christmas without Mother. And if she knew... I wish I knew what really happens to the soul. Of course, I gave up believing in heaven long ago, but the soul must go somewhere. There are so many riddles, and they make one so unhappy. In a newspaper feuilleton the other day I saw the title of the chapter, Riddle of Love. But this riddle does not make people sad, as one can see by Dora. Anyhow, all girls, that is, all elder sisters, seem alike in this respect. I remember what Hella told me about Lizzie's engagement. It is true she had first made his acquaintance in London, not at home, but there was just the same deceitfulness. What on earth does it mean? Would it not be much more kindly and reasonable to tell your sister everything? Otherwise, how can anyone expect one to be an ally? 
oh well i don't care i'm not going to let my christmas eve be disturbed by a thing like that if one can call it christmas eve at all on boxing day when he is to spend the evening here i shall tell hella that i want to come to her and her grandmother after all i am glad she has stayed in vienna december twenty fifth christmas eve was very melancholy we all three got mother's picture life-size in beautiful green frames for our rooms dora sobbed out loud and so i cried too and went up to father and put my arms around him his eyes were quite wet for he adored mother only oswald did not actually cry but he kept on biting his lips i was so glad that dr p was not there for it is horribly disagreeable to cry before strangers we both got lovely white guipure blouses not lace blouses and then aunt gave me a splendid album for five hundred postcards and she also gave me an anthology which i had asked for brahms's hungarian dances because dora would not lend me hers last year because she said they were too difficult for me as if that were any business of hers surely my music mistress is a better judge then some writing paper with my monogram a new entonka with everything complete and hair ribbons and other trifles father was awfully delighted with mother's portrait of course we had not known that he was getting us life-size portraits of mother and from the last photograph of the winter before last we had quite a small likeness painted by herr milanovitz who is a painter and who knew mother very well in color of course and we got a lovely rococo frame to close up when it is open it looks as if mother were looking out of the window that was my idea and herr milanovitz thought it most original dora considered it very awkward that he would not take any money for it but that made it possible for us to get a much more elegant frame after christmas for new year we are going to send herr m some of the best cigars bought with our own money i wanted to send them for christmas but we don't know anything about cigars and we did not want to tell anyone because one can never know whether one won't be betrayed and you will be told it is unintentional but that is not true for when one betrays anything one has always secretly intended to do so and then one says it was a slip of the tongue but one really knows all the time i can't write down all the extra things that dora got only one of them at seven o'clock just when father was lighting the candles on the tree a commissionaire brought some lovely roses with two sprays of mistletoe interwoven and beneath a nosegay of violets of course from dr p with a card but she would not let anyone read that all she said was dr p sends everyone christmas greetings i believe hay had really written merry christmas but dora did not dare to say that oh and hella gave me a bead bag and i gave her a purse with a double eagle on it for she wanted a purse that would have a military look i never knew anyone with such an enthusiasm for the army as hella certainly i think officers look awfully smart but surely it's going too far when she feels that other men practically don't exist the others have to learn a lot for example doctors lawyers mining engineers not to speak of students at the college of agriculture for perhaps these last hardly count that's the phrase hella is always using but all of them have to learn a great deal more than officers do hella will never admit that and always begins to talk of the officers of the general staff as if they all belonged to the general staff we have often argued about it still i do hope she will get an officer for her husband of course one who is well enough off to marry for otherwise it's a no-go for father says the bruckners have no private means it's true he always says that of us too but i don't believe it we are not so to say rich but i fancy we should both of us have enough money for an officer to be able to marry us anyhow dora voluntarily renounces that possibility if she is really going to marry dr p twenty seventh well i went to hella's yesterday and stayed till nine and on christmas day she was here 
i see that i wrote above that the bees were not well off it seems to me to be very much the reverse we always get a great many things and very nice ones at christmas and on our birthdays and name days of course protestants don't have these last but we don't give one another such splendid things as the bees do hella had been given a piece of rose-colored silk for a dress to wear at the dancing class which must have cost at least fifty crowns and a lace collar and cuffs which we had seen at the shop and it had cost twenty-four crowns and then she had a gold ring with an emerald and a number of smaller things which she never even looked at and to see all the things her sister got things for her trousseau and the bees christmas tree cost twelve crowns whilst ours cost only seven though ours was just as good so i think that the bees really have plenty of money and i said to hella you must be enormously rich and she said oh well not so rich as all that i must not expect to marry an officer on the general staff lizzie has done very well for herself for paul is a baron and is very well off he is frantically in love with her queer taste isn't it i quite agree for lizzie has not much to boast of in the way of looks beautiful fair hair but she is so awfully thin not a trace of bee hella has much more figure and if one hasn't any by the time one is twenty one is not likely to get one something awfully funny happened today hella asked me i say what's the christian name of that doctor who is dangling after your sister then it struck me for the first time that on his visiting card he only has dr jur a Pruckmuller. and then i remembered that last summer when we first made his acquaintance dora said it's a pity he's called august the name does not suit him at all well we laughed till we felt quite ill for of course hella began to sing o de lieber augustin and then i thought of der duma august clown's nickname in circus and we wondered what dora would call him gusti or gustel or augie my darling augie my beloved gusterl oh dear we were in fits of laughter then we discussed what names we should like to have for our husbands and i said evald or leo and hella said wouldn't you like Siegfried? But I put my hand on her mouth and said, Shut up, or you will make me really angry. That is, and must, remain forgotten. She said what she would like best would be to have a husband called Peter, or Thamian, or Christomasus. Then for pet name, she could use Dami, or Sosti. And then she said quite seriously that she would only marry a man called Egon, or Alexander, or at least George. Just at that moment, her mother came in to call us to tea, and she said, what's in that about alexander and george you are two such dreadful girls if you are alone together for a couple of minutes i had come at half-past two and the burrs have tea at four and that's what hella's mother calls two minutes you begin to talk of unsuitable things hella was afraid her mother would think god knows what so she said oh no mother we are only discussing what names we should like our fiancés to have you ought to have seen how her mother went on that's just it that when you are barely fifteen i'm not fifteen yet you should have nothing but such things in your heads such things how absurd at tea it was almost as dull as it was the other evening at home for the hair baron was there that is they all say do to one another now for the wedding is to be in february as soon as it is settled whether the baron is to stay in london or be transferred to berlin it must be funny to say do to a strange man hella says she soon got used to it and that she likes paul well enough when he brings Lizzie sweets, when he is taking her to the theater, he always gives Hella a box for herself. Other people would certainly not do that, and I know other people who would not accept it. When I got home, Father said, Well, another time I think you'd better stay and sleep at the burrs, and I said, I did not want to be a killjoy here. And Oswald said, What you need is a box on the ear. Father was luckily out of the room already, and so I said, 
your children if you ever have any can be kept in order by boxing their ears till they are green and blue but you have no rights over your sisters father told you so and fever brun oh i know father always backs you two up he has done so from the first please don't draw me into your quarrels said dora as if she had been something quite different from me and then aunt dora said i do wish you would not keep on quarrelling i didn't begin it said i and went away without saying good night that is i went to father's room to say good night to him and i saw aunt dora in the hall but i didn't say good night to oswald and dora for i'm not going to put up with everything and now it's half past eleven already for i have been writing such a long time and have cried such a lot for i'm very unhappy even hella doesn't know how unhappy i am i must go to bed now whether i shall sleep or not is another question if i can possibly manage it i shall go alone to the cemetery tomorrow. Thirty-first, Hella and I went to the cemetery today. Her father and mother returned to Krakow yesterday evening, and she told her grandmother she was going to spend the morning with me, and I said I was going to the Burrs, so we went alone to Potzlinsdorf. Hella went for a walk round the cemetery while I went to Darling Mother's grave. I am so unhappy. Hella consoles me as much as she can, but even she can't understand. End of section thirty-one.